I spoke to Celeste Trujillo, who is co-founder at Better Butchers in Vancouver, Canada. They have hit upon the idea of providing cultivated meat in the form of deli-style smoked or flavoured sausages. Creating sausages with cultivated meat seems like a great way of serving it up, removing uh, some of the obstacles of structure and texture from the already complicated process. So this could be a real winner. I'm Alex Crisp. Welcome to the Future of Foods interviews. Okay, so um, thank you for uh, joining me from Vancouver. Um, now you have uh, you are a uh, a co-founder of the company the better butchers can you tell me about the concept of the better butchers what is it absolutely um so we are developing our own cellular agricultural process to make cultivated pork specifically for now uh with it uh use it to make uh butcher shop items that you would usually see in higher end butcher shops so more like sausages and uh, meatballs, but also salamis, pepperonis, and the holy grail, bacon. Uh, I will say that uh, the the actual research and development led by Dr. Sudan uh, is actually made in a way that once it's developed, we can use it to make other meats. So we can go from uh, pork to beef and chicken. And also we can also make uh, other components of meat that we recognize in meat, like fats that make the whole experience much better. So you so you are making your own cultivated meat. Um, uh, I wasn't aware that you were actually kind of making your own. I was under the impression that you that you, that you might have been sort of, uh, of selling other people. So um, and you are you are producing it now and you have a product do you well uh canada has not uh issued any um letter of no uh no objections i guess to anybody so uh we are not commercial yet we actually started the development this year and with it we are um just and doing the development ourselves but also i guess the the concept is the butcher shop and that uh, the dream and the vision is to have these Bioreactors can be set up anywhere in the world, but so then we have these butcher shops where people can come in and enjoy higher end products, not just whatever you find already in retail stores, but um, actually utilize those old techniques like fermentation, drying, smoking, yeah. and making, bring, bring back and that joy and tradition, but slaughter free. So yeah. cruelty free. That sounds, that sounds like a fabulous idea. And, um, so of course you you will be uh, kind of flavoring them and smoking them and kind of sausage is is kind of such an a, a good one to do because it's the um it's kind of contained in the skin so it can be uh, um it can be manipulated it, it hasn't got to have the same kind of kind of muscle and scaffolding and and all the stuff that perhaps you would need if if you're making a steak or if you're making a uh you know like a proper cut uh, is that right Yes, and that uh, we are making ground ground pork, and it is very specific to that. We are not making whole cuts. That you're correct. Yeah. So, how did you become involved in the space of cultivated meat? Can you give us a little background on you? Absolutely. Yeah, I um, 
Mitchell Scott, uh, the CEO and co-founder, he uh, he brought the idea to me. Uh, he was always interested in it. And uh, I am a food scientist. I've actually built my career in food product development, specifically plant-based analogs to animal. And um, just the idea of having real meat. And um, But the, it, isn't, it isn't meat coming from... Um, you know, uh, the normal conventional animal agriculture and is not incompassionate and it's also better for the environment in that way. I couldn't say no. And right now uh, I understand the need of biotechnology, cell biology and the food industry to come together. So even as a food scientist, I do see that it's not going to be one science. It's not going to be one thing. And it's all about bringing good food and not forget about that, that we are scientists, but also, um, you know, we're bringing food into people's mouths. So it's yeah. so important. It's so much responsibility. Yeah. So as a scientist, have, have you have you been part of the whole process? I mean, have you have have you developed the um, the growth medium? You know, have you been part of uh, of of the kind of cell extraction and the whole thing from beginning to end? Is this your job, or is <laughs> or are you part of the concept rather than part of the kind of on the ground sciences? Well, I guess, um, well, Dr. Sudan, who is, he's in our team. He's the one who's leading that uh, division in the company. And uh, he, part of our strategy, of course, is uh, that we develop everything ourselves, but not necessarily because we want it, but because it's not available, because mm -hmm. the information is not out there. Everybody's very secretive. It's a very competitive industry right now. Yeah. So yeah, we are we are in a situation where we need to develop things ourselves, and also the regulatory pathway is not as clear as, like I said, everybody's trying to do their own process, so there isn't a straight up way to do it. And with that, then that means that um, you know, like that you inevitably need to know where things are starting, mm. and then you do it yourself um, and. Um, so yes, we are doing everything from beginning to end and until until it gets packaged and you know consumers eating it. It's very exciting. So what's the regulatory um system like in Canada? Do you think you will launch it somewhere else before Canada or Yes, um it's starting and we are working with the AFC so we are working with the government. Um I know that they are very interested in learning more and working with us. Um also know the U.S. Uh, has already issued those letters of no objections. So then likely we would be able to launch with, in the U.S. quicker than Canada if if we need if we need to fix any like regulatory hurdles to other way with them. Yeah. Okay, so you have been in conversation with the regulator in Canada and they are quite kind of willing. Yes, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, looking at alternative proteins and ones that you can control yourself, they are not uh, subjected to seasonality. I think the government is paying attention to that regardless. Um, but yes, AFC and, and Health Canada are working with us. We're trying to do it together and we all understand the importance of it. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been following it quite closely, you know, the... Um, uh, and also some of the um, one of the guests I had on this podcast was a regulatory expert. So and my background also is is in regulation. So I'm kind of aware of, of, of how it works. You know, when I saw recently that that uh, Aleph Farms had uh, applied for approval in the UK and 
Israel and Switzerland and Singapore, but not in the USA, kind of raised a few eyebrows, especially wondering why they applied in the UK rather than, than in the USA. But I suppose time will tell. I'm sure they know what they're doing. So, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, how do you think cultivated meat is going to impact on humanity? What do you think? I mean, That's it's going question. to, you know, I, I, um, I personally think it might make people kinder. What do you think? <laughs> how, how so do you mean like in that, um, like even having the awareness of that alternative or? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, kind of philosophically, um, uh, kind of human beings have uh, had part, had have had slaughter as part of their food chain for thousands of years. So, if you imagine a human race that has no slaughter as part of its food chain, they might start to behave differently towards each other. You know, they might actually. Um, not you know because it's it's this thing that is it's kind of unspoken isn't it it's uh you know you eat you eat meats but you don't really talk about the factory farming you don't really talk about the slaughter aspects of it but you know it's happening inside you so if you could kind of suddenly remove that guilt i know a lot of humans would say that they feel no guilt but nobody likes to slaughter an animal and if uh, so if that's taken out I I think it would be the next stage of human evolution into a kinder place. What do you think? That's a sweet. That's a new purpose for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is my purpose. Um, I will say that um, um, this is a capital letter if we do a good job. Because um, at this point, if we do a good job at making sure the food and wherever we're presenting anybody it doesn't matter we're all together in this because consumer perception is one right now um that we do need to do a good job it's the safe if, it, if it's high quality and if it's highly nutritious because those are very important that we are respecting the consumer we are responsible with the consumer if we do that then we can potentially have an alternative to that population like that you said that i use i do think that uh, there's a population that feels guilty um, because they know the environmental impact. They know that uh, and they know the compassionate practices. Um, so then we remove that and uh, they'll have an option. And if that demand increases, then we can decrease the demand, the global demand, because it can be made anywhere. The global demand uh, and then obviously hopefully uh, in any way reverse or decrease or slow down um, the environmental impact and, um, but also open people's mind. And like, I guess, like what you said too, and that we need to create a lot more consciousness and awareness about where it all is coming from. It's not like it used to be, or it is not, it's not even what people think it is. Mm. It's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the idea, it's the, uh, it's the kind of factory farm elements, you know, the, the um the need for meat uh, around the world is is going up very rapidly you know they think by 2030 the uh, meat consumption would have doubled from what it is now and it's uh, it's yes. kind of, it's it's sort of four times what it was since the 1970s so it's um uh so yes 
you know something has to give really and uh, unfortunately people will probably turn away and and pretend it's not happening but factory farms are the only other option to be able to produce that sort of meat so cultivated meat is the answer it's the only solution really to that isn't it as we know right now i mean um it's just starting yeah and uh, it's all about the purpose and uh, the need and i hope that is not driven because you know, a lot of the companies in the market are there because the market demand is more than that. The purpose is beyond a business. <laughs> and uh, if we all if we all approach it in that same purpose, then that means that's clear. It's clear what we need to do. And um, uh, and if that is not that, it's something else. Because science and technology is here to serve humanity. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're here to do. So I'm hoping if it's not this something else, but unfortunately, plant based is not hitting the adoption rates that we were all hoping for. Well, not yet, at least. I mean, it's um, yet. I suppose plant based food is is also getting much better, isn't it? It's um, we are, you know, it's um, perhaps third third stage. Um. Uh, uh, kind of quality, you know. I I know I know that people like Rebellious Foods are are releasing chicken now that they say is going to be um, almost um, indistinguishable from the real thing. So we'll we'll have to kind of wait and wait and see. So, uh, do you think the industry is um, is doing enough though to set the stage for cultivated meat? Um, you know, because it's 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 a very new thing, isn't it? And and the majority of people have no idea what it is. And and if and and if you ask them, they kind of um uh you know screw their face up in disgust at the idea of it. So, you know, do you do you feel like industry is doing enough to set the stage for cultivated meat? Mm, I think it definitely can be better, but nothing that disrupts. It's going to be easy. So uh, I do see what you like and that the response that I've gotten is both very positive and it can be very negative and um, uh, with skepticism. And um, so, yeah, maybe like, uh, you know, fear, like anything else is fear based. But um, but uh, the industry is so slow and it just like responds to the markets and the industry will be whatever we want it to be. So what we're doing is, uh, I guess, we're going through the battle right now to make a path uh, and then getting to know because we're all learning together again, unfortunately, because if the companies that have made it or are more advanced, they don't share that information. So all of us are really trying to understand everything from the from the start and including our suppliers, our ingredient suppliers, our equipment suppliers. Everybody is kind of working through the maze right now. And I'm confident in a couple of years, it will be easy. It will be easier. It'll be Yes, uh, like this is what you'll need. And uh, actually, cultivated meat doesn't need, like the production lines are quite small compared to even plant-based or compared to meat. Uh, So they're quite small. So it's quite possible to do that anywhere in the world. And once people know and see the economics of it, I'm pretty sure we can convince them. When you say production lines, you mean because it's it's all kind of done on 
um, in the one area so you don't have to kind of breed the cows and then kind of take the cows to slaughter and then have that kind of turn to meat, blah, blah, well, blah. That so, part, but even for, for plant-based, yes, even for plant-based, um, I mean, what I'm talking about is now there is a deficit of plant manufacturing plants and even with construction materials being so expensive. So then what I'm saying is that the actual space needed to make it is quite small because a bioreactor makes does it all and you just need a little bit of post-harvest production. But in the processing lines that I've seen and I've, you know, in my career as a food manufacturer, they're much bigger than that. And their results are much smaller. So what we're talking about, the economics of uh, being able to make that meat in a relatively small space. Okay. Um, but you, then but it seems to be proven. Yeah, but with cultivated meat, you you need uh, you need more resources, don't you? You need to feed the reactor quite you know quite a lot you know at least sort of 10 times what it's going to produce so you know that's that's going to be part of the scaling up problem isn't it yes absolutely and even with that it's I mean, you know it would it will look like breweries it will look like that that is all, all and again it's just that what i've seen is with plant-based compared to what i've seen and even meat manufacturer uh, there's so many hands. You need a lot. It's very manual. It's not that automated, you know, and um, you need like big conveyor lines. It's not uh, plant-based. It's not a science. It's actually you invent it yourself. So then really it can be like, it can be whatever you want it to be. And usually is very manual. So, um, you know, this is uh, again, what I've seen. So I think, and economically speaking, it will be much better once we prove it and we will then pave the way for the industry to grow, I guess. Okay. I hope. Yeah. And so do you have your own bioreactors at the moment or is or, or, or are you at an earlier stage to that? We are at uh, the very early stages and we are leveraging uh, the whatever we have around us, which is universities, researchers, and also equipment suppliers. We are effectively partnering with because just like ourselves, equipment suppliers also want to help, but they don't know it. So bioreactor manufacturers want to know more about what we're doing. So I think a lot of industries are coming together to open up and making this industry more feasible, economically feasible for us. Okay. Okay. So what do you think are going to be the major hurdles facing the industry going forward? Um. Right now, as I saw it, and when I was reflecting on that question, um, the vast majority in this category, in this industry, we're startups. Um, and we are coming forward with, uh, you know, an idea, science, uh, purpose, uh, but we're startups. So as an anybody who's in a startup, funding will be very important. Uh, cultivated meat R&D is very costly. Um, this is much more important than a business is it is an alternative for humanity so more subsidies and funding will be necessary more investment and um um that will be a major hurdle in terms of funding even smaller companies because science cannot belong to one or two it needs to it needs to open up um and aside from that anything else is the same as any other industry scalability that's nothing new that when you bring something from venture, because I've heard that oh, being scalable, of course, that's a hurdle. That's that's normal. Um, but for that, you will need funding and you'll have 
some sort of a balance of um, how can you utilize your, those funds and commercialize as soon as you can to start creating that revenue. So then it is business because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a team, but um, absolutely. I think that that is one of the biggest hurdles that I hear because once you run out of that timeline, you cannot then further that science and it kind of just dies. And what about um, what about science itself as being uh, a hurdle? I mean, it's not all it's not all um, it's not all ready to go yet, is it? You know, there are still uh, some some kind of boundaries to break, in, especially in regard to the kind of bovine serum and the growth media. Um, so it, it's not entirely ready yet, is it? Um. It's not ready, but again, I guess as I, as I see it, because um, the information is not out there, I think a lot of us are just like navigating the same hurdles that maybe another company did already. Yes, they are the same things. Um, there isn't a booklet, there's no handbook on this. And also because we're all trying to create our own unique processes and they're so unique that even regulators, um, you know, they're adapting, trying to adapt so um yes the media and making sure that whatever it is that's touching in the process is food grade and we're able to trace it back and we're able to say that it is safe and we are making food it is not medical and that transition as i see in like food science manufacturing coming into this world is so important we can call out a science and we can call out technologies but we need to make sure it's safe and uh, as I see the 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 media, like you mentioned, a lot of those that medium is either outrageously expensive and unobtainable from a supply chain stance, but also mm, many of them are not really food grade, and we wouldn't use them in a food manufacturing setting, right? So it is a fine line right now. It's a hurdle, but yeah. anything else, like it is a science, and we're gonna. <laughs> work through actually there's a lot of universities researchers and uh, institutions who are looking into the same so uh, we are actually working with three different uh, research institutions to push this forward Uh, we have tons of ideas that's so exciting so i I suppose there's uh because there are companies out there that that uh who come forward and say that they they have found they found that what they're looking for, like like uh, like O meat and uh, re meat, um, and perhaps perhaps meatable. I suppose um, I suppose meatable is um, one of the companies you'll be looking at because they do a pork product, don't they? So I mean, yeah. are, are you as far as I remember? Um, so uh, I yeah. What do you- uh, I was just going to say that, um, 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 yeah, like I see Mission Barns as being a, com- uh, a competitor, I guess, uh, if that's what we are, because we're not. But uh, I really I really like their concept. I really like, like what they're doing. Um, I'm thinking um, for the cultivated meat space and even the companies that are out there uh, with solutions, they seem to be also using them to commercialize those solutions for other people like us. So um, maybe there's a way there. So at least, I mean, you, you, they don't share the information, but they're sharing their solution. That's good. Mm. There's only it's only one company that has to publish its its uh, information, as far as I've been told. The the company in Holland, um, you know, Mosa Meats, 
because their their project is PhD, they have to they have to make it all public. Um, so uh, I mean, it's a very interesting industry because you know it's uh, yes, like you said, a, a lot of it is happening behind closed doors. There's quite a lot of secrecy in um, uh, um, which which makes it kind of a little bit clandestine, I suppose. So, um, so how soon do you think it'll be before you start selling cultivated meat uh, of your own? We uh, we have it scheduled um, for us to submit next fall. So, if it is a year timeline for USDA or FDA, USDA Health Canada, then maybe the fall twenty twenty five, we are commercial. Okay. Well, that's not too far away, is it? I mean, I was not in our world. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I heard. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've heard different. I think um, Upside Foods. Upside Foods were saying that within three years, they will be. They expect to see kind of chicken, cultivated chicken, on the shelves in supermarkets. Do you think? Uh, do you think that's that's possible? I really hope so. And uh, they certainly have the resources. Um, and it is going to be so important that the execution is impeccable there. And I really hope so, because that speaks for all of us. And whatever they did already helped us because, uh, you know, it brought a shed light. Oh, this is the companies and they made it and it is possible. And and just working through that, it made a huge difference. So I hope so. Mm, mm. And in Canada, do you have any other... Um, uh, um, are there are there many cultivated meat companies in Canada? Are, are you one of few um, or one of many? Uh, I think few, um, and I think there is about seven to eight companies, and only two to three like us. There are actually food or meat other than just like components for yeah. it. Um, I don't know them well. I, I I don't know them well, but yeah, I think that they we're a very small group right now. Okay. Uh, well, it's a very it's a very interesting idea, and uh, what I like about it is just how kind of visual you've made it. It's sort of you know you can you can imagine it as an Italian sort of um, you know shop with all the sausages hanging up, but it's all it's all slaughter free. It's kind of it's kind of ideal, isn't it, with the the flavoring and everything else? It's a really good idea. I'm, I'm so I excited. Suppose, I... I mean, I mean, are you Italian? Do you have an Italian background? Looking at your name. No, we don't. Uh, no, this is a Spanish name. Oh, I'm Spanish. originally from Mexico. Okay. Well, um, it's been lovely talking to you, uh, and um, let's. Uh, we'll hopefully hopefully talk again at some point. Thank you for the opportunity, Alex. I really appreciate it. <laughs>